0: What's up, everyone? I'm your host, JJ Rivera, and welcome to 305 Culture, a podcast where you'll feel the heat. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat
1: basketball. Hey, hoop heads. we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off.
0: What's up everyone? I'm your host JJ Rivera and welcome to 305 Culture, a podcast where you'll feel the heat. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Well, Let's start with the big news for us this off season. As you all might know, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski reported that Bam Adebayo signed a 5-year extension with the Miami Heat. First, I want to congratulate Bam. He more than earned that extension. He his his play was stellar this this past season. I don't think I don't think anyone could have predicted how what the type of player that he would become this season and well i don't think many people if any predicted that the heat would make the finals this season but hey here we are we make we made the finals and bam Adebayo was one of the best players on a finals team and he's still 23 years old the extension could climb all the way up to $195 million if he meets certain criteria like making an All-NBA team or winning an award. By the way, he's my early favorite for Defensive Player of the Year. I know that's a bit of a homer pick, but I think that Bam, he he showed enough defensive versatility and growth that he should be in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year. He made All-NBA... All- excuse me, all-defensive second team this past season. And I expect him to either jump to first team will be a little tough with Anthony Davis and Giannis Antetokounmpo occupying two, two forwards, two front court spots, two of the premier defensive players. But I think Bam could climb up to that conversation if he puts his mind to it, which I'm not doubting he would because he has shown the work ethic that's that characterizes us over here in miami and i think he can he can get through that to that level now let me get this out of the way bam he did absolutely earned this extension as i said and we had to take care of one of our top guys he is one of the faces of the of the franchise he's probably the face of the franchise for the foreseeable future so i guess well no i i don't guess it absolutely made, made sense to pay to pay him because as I said that growth that he showed this this season was outstanding and I think he he more than than earned this payday. I'm really I'm really happy for him. If you haven't checked it out, you should check out his his life story, how he grew up in a trailer in a trailer with his with his mom and how he he used that to to, to used that to as his fuel to be to become the player that he is today. And he still he carries around a picture of that trailer, which I think is really. Well, we shouldn't glorify people living in poverty, but I'm glad that he that he actually used that as fuel, and he got his he gets to take care of his mom, which is probably. Some of the biggest wishes, some of the biggest things that us as sons would want, would love to do some some point in our in our lives is to give back to our moms who give so give so much to take to raise us and and make us the men that we become. So I think that Bam, congratulations to Bam and his mom. You guys, you guys absolutely deserve it. I want to talk about Bam's on. I want I to run some some statistical notes on Bam Adebayo just to illustrate how impactful he was this past season. Just how, what what an incredible season this young man had, really. Um, he 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 became one of my favorite players in the entire league. He's certainly one of the one of my favorite players in the Miami Heat. We all love Jimmy. We all love Goran, but Bam, with with the heart that he plays and and how he plays, it's it's remarkable. Let me run some stats by you, Bam. Well, let's 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 go out. Uh, let's go get the box score stats out of the way. 16 points per game, 10 rebounds per game, and five assists per game. Though that number, I think, trails only Nikola Jokic in the center department. 55.7% field goal percentage, 14.3% from three, which can be improved on, and his free throws can also improve at 69.1. But his PER is uh, 20.3, which is way above the league average. The league average is 15, by the way. And he had 8.5 win shares. But I want to illustrate his on-the-court and off-the-court impact. When Bam Adebayo was on the court, the Heat had a 114.4 offensive rating, which would rag- rank third in the league. We have When Bam was on the floor, we had the third-best offense on, in the league just be, just below the la clippers and the greatest offense of all time the dallas mavericks <laughs> every time I, I read that number it just blows my mind 117.5 point, point offensive rating that's just absurd really we, we truly live in an inflated stats era really it, that's an, that's a discussion for another day but really that's an incredible number for the maps but it's uh Miami heat podcast so we kind we of give them we are not allowed to give the maps too much credit because you know as we all know we, we don't like we don't like each other really anyway that's a this a, that's a topic for another day and really bam what can I say what more can I say about Bam that hasn't been said absolutely incredible player a low maintenance guy. Never complains, always puts a set down and goes to work. And I'm really, 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 really happy for him. And I hope he's a heat lifer. I expect to see him for a very long time in a heat uniform. And I expect to see him with with a couple of rings in his hand when, when it's all said and done. So good for you, Bam. Here's to a great five years and beyond with the Miami Heat. Let's move on to another topic. Inevitably, with the reported extension, come questions about our 2021 cap space. It's no secret around the league and with fans that the Miami Heat are after the the Greek freak. I've talked about it many times. I think I mentioned it once once every episode. The Miami Heat are planning to sign are planning to pursue. I'm saying I should say Giannis under the Kumpo and the 2021 free agency. Barring him signing an extension this offseason. Which seems increasingly unlikely. Given the Bucks. Very questionable offseason. I'm sure our friend Devin Zanskis over at Nook. If you buck. will will have you covered with that. Anyway. According to Dan Feldman of NBC Sports. Even if we enter next offseason. With Jimmy, Bam and Hero on their contract. That will still leave us at twenty seven million, which is way below Giannis's thirty-four million dollar max total that he is expected to sign. And now the only conceivable way that we can get him to Miami is via a sign and trade. And unfortunately unfortunately would most likely involve Hero. Now listen at this point we're only speculating. And it was reported that Giannis would be more impressed if Miami took care of BAM. Instead of having him wait till next season, which is understandable because Bam wanted his money now, and he made that very clear throughout uh, throughout through his agent. Because you know, there's always the risk of injury, and especially after such a short offseason that the Heat had, the the Heat the Heat and the Lakers had probably the shortest offseason any professional sports team in North America has ever had. I think they had 71 days to rest and that's and training camp starts december 1st which when this podcast comes out is will be tomorrow and that's that's a very short short period for for rest and yeah i i understand why ban wanted his money now however i will uh we all talked about the potential cap issues for 2021 i wouldn't put it past andy and Pat to find a way to get Giannis to Miami if he truly truly said that he wanted to come because listen, they these are the same this is the same front office that last offseason managed to get Jimmy Butler without us, without a shred of, of cap space. We had to part with Josh Richardson, but he was a nice young player, but Jimmy put us in another stratosphere, as we all saw, we we made the finals this this season, if, if I hadn't mentioned it already which I, I, I of course, did. But we all love... Listen, all us Heat fans love Josh Josh Richardson, but you have to make sacrifices along the way in order to get these type of guys. And Giannis is a guy that you move hero every single time that Giannis says that he wants to come here and the cost is hero. That's the price of being great. If he want, if he wants to come here, it's gonna be via sign and trade, most likely, unless Giannis somehow accepts seven million less than the than his projected max salary, which wouldn't be wise, because if there's nothing guaranteed in the NBA, it doesn't matter who you are. But hey, it it, it could happen. Stranger things have happened, but but yeah, I I think the there have been. There could be some significant cap gymnastics that Andy Ellisberg would have to do in order to bring Giannis over here. But hey, he's he's one of the he's very knowledgeable with the cap with the with the CBA and the cap. So I guess, and Andy and Pat, we trust. That's our mantra over here at the 05 Culture Podcast. Pat and Andy, we trust. Now let's talk about the guys that are here on the team. I know I talk a lot about Giannis. But it's just I'm really excited if he ever comes here. But let's talk about the guys that are actually here. As I covered last episode, Mo Harkless and Avery Bradley came here via free agency, and we drafted Precious Achua. So let's talk about how the Heat's rotation would look like if those when when the season starts. Here's my preferred starting lineup. I'm sure coach Spater will probably come up with a better one but and listen we're, we're still far away from from the season starting well not that far away we're gonna <laughs> season starts in, on December 22 so it'll, it'll come by faster than you think anyway here here's my my preferred starting lineup Avery Bradley starts a point guard now why does Avery Bradley start a point guard well Avery Bradley, he helps with our point of attack defense. As I said in my previous podcast last season we had, our point guards struggled to guard with on-the-ball defense. Goran and Nunn aren't exactly known to be great perimeter defenders, and Avery Bradley certainly helps in that regard. At shooting guard, there's the I think it's the biggest question that we have in our starting lineup. Do we leave Duncan Robinson starting? Or do we insert Tyler Hero after the growth that he showed in the the past season after his outstanding rookie campaign and the level of play that he showcased in the playoffs? He was incredible in the playoffs. Let me let's let's compare Duncan's and Tyler's playoff stats. Well first let's start with <laughs> with Duncan's season stats. He averaged 13.5 points per game. Well, then we're not I'm not going to talk a lot about his rebounding. Maybe his assists. He averaged 1.4 assists, but his role didn't con- he didn't handle a rock that much. He w- he mostly came off ball screens and dribble handoffs, especially with Bam on the on the, on the elbows. He shot 44.6% from 3, which is ridiculous. 93 Percent from the free throw line. <laughs> Jesus, that's that's an incredible number. His true shooting percentage was of sixty eight point four. That's absurd for for a guy that plays mostly on the perimeter. That's that's ridiculous. You know that's I I think I that was that was insane. However, his play did I wouldn't say dip a little. His true shooting percentage still stayed at 63.6%. The playoffs is still really good. His scoring went down 11.7 points per game. 39.7% from three. On seven attempts no less. So that's still really good efficiency. And 86.8% from the line. Now let's talk about Tyler Hero stats. Tyler averaged 30, 13.5 points per game. 2.2 assists. 38% from three, and 87% from the line, which gives him a true shooting percentage of 55, which is way be- well below Duncan's 60, 68 what it was. Obviously, Duncan's uh, Duncan's role was having less the, have didn't handle the ball that much. But here's where Tyler's real, real growth was showcased in the playoffs: 16 points per game. Five rebounds per game and four assists per game. Thirty-seven percent from the from the three-point line and six on six attempts. Also, free throws are very important. Tyler averaged three, almost three free throws a game, and he made eighty-seven percent of them. Duncan, on the other hand, averaged just maybe two free throws per game, which is one less. Then, then Tyler. I would like to see Tyler shoot more free throws. But still, that's the big question. I think it's it all comes down to how much does Spo value half court offense? Because if we if you want to have a better half court offense with Bratley on the floor, with Bratley, Jimmy, Bam and Myers Myers on the floor. Well, Jimmy and Tyler are absolutely the unquestioned creators in that off. Well, Bam too. Bam's one of the best passing big men in the league. But still, if you want to have more playmaking in the the half-court offense, then Tyler is your best bet. However, if you want to have spacing, and no spacing for Jimmy and Bam to drive the ball, then Duncan's the clear answer. It's going to be interesting. I believe... Maybe Duncan's a bit better defensively because he's he's taller and he's longer. They both need. They both have some work to do on that end, but I think that they can, they, they can make the proper strides with this coaching staff in order to, to become better players on the defensive end of the floor. After the break, we'll discuss. We'll discuss more heat-related content. Well, I'll discuss what to expect this season from the Miami Heat and some roster issues that still need to be addressed. So stay tuned to the 305 Culture Podcast. I'll be right back. See you in a bit.
1: Hoopheads Nation, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the 305 Culture with JJ Rivera. Be sure to check out these other basketball pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Thrive with Trevor Hoffman. Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and our other team-focused NBA pods Hashtag #Lakers, Grizz and Grind, Motor City Hoops, Knuck a Few Buck, Cavalier Central, and Blazing the Path. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game from grassroots to the NBA.
0: back. Let's talk about what our expectations should be this season for the Miami Heat. First, let's talk about defensive schemes. As we all know, the Heat famously deployed a zone throughout the entire playoffs. That was mostly out of necessity since, you know, we had well-documented issues particularly our, our bad court backcourt players had well-documented issues guarding the perimeter so it was necessary to have that switch heavy zone scheme which worked incredibly against against milwaukee especially and uh, specifically and against boston it worked not to the degree that it worked against milwaukee but it also worked uh, especially especially attacking especially containing kimball walker with that with that scheme However, with the signing of Avery Bradley and even more, more Heartless, I expect the Heat to, to go more man to man on certain possessions, and especially depends on the matchup. The matchups that have dynamic guards, like, like, say, Steph Curry, James Harden, Dame Lillard, or Kyrie Irving, then I expect them. To maybe, I guess, deploy Bradley on them, but always have, but always have the switchability. Depends on who's on the floor because you have to have either Hero or Robinson on the floor at all times, and that could hurt against those guys because if they hunt, if we keep switch, switching that way, we're not gonna go like. Non-switching defense here, but I think it still concerns me. It concerns me a bit. Maybe, maybe I guess we we could go and trade. I, I really wanted Chris Dunn, man. I really wanted him because he could have solved a lot. He could have helped with those issues. Offensively, he's not. He doesn't bring the same as much to the table as every Bradley, but I I think he's a step above. Bradley at this point in his career defensively, Chris Dunn is is an all is an all defensive team caliber player. But anyway, congrats to the Hawks. You guys got one of my my preferred free agent targets. But anyway, I guess we have to trade for somebody. Depends on who becomes available. Uh, but yeah, we need a we need a another guy on the perimeter that can contain. Because Jimmy Jimmy needs to guard pro- she'd probably stick with with elite offensive front court players like Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant, Giannis under the Kumpo, Jason Tatum on the the Eastern Conference. we're most likely gonna face either one or two of those in our in the playoffs if we want to make another deep run. And Hell, even even Ben Simmons, who is not a great shooter, but he still He can still play off the ball and and, he, and his drives through the he's really good finishing at the rim. So Jimmy is the best guy we have to handle that. Maybe Bam for once in a while if, if we switch. But yeah, that, that concerns me a bit. And the Heat last season weren't exactly world beaters on defense. People people tend to associate Good defense with the Miami Heat, which is accurate because for for our mantra is of the mantra the part of the the Heat culture is to is to play stifling defense. We just didn't have the personnel last off, last season, and I still have some questions on that end. Spolstra did a masterful job deploying deploying those schemes in order to mask some of our defensive the de- defi- deficiencies. But we I guess we gotta swing a trade. But what concerns me the most is a front court player that can rebound. Like somebody that can protect the rim aside from BAM. Maybe Meyer steps up a little bit more, but I don't expect him to. Kelly O is probably a prime a prime trade candidate. That twelve million dollar expiring deal might be very might be very enticing to some to some teams that might be looking for a stretch big, which Kelly is still a very productive stretch big at this point of his career. But he's not he's a negative on the defensive end and on the on the boards. He he can't box out, and I got really frustrated with him at times last season. Still a very serviceable player. But Myers can can maybe stretch that floor the floor. Not as effectively as Kellyo. I guess you gotta you gotta see how much of a difference in terms of three point shooting. Kelly shot forty percent from three last season. Let I gotta check out how much Myers shot forty one percent from three last season, which is still really good. He shot Myers shot two. Two a game, and Kelly shot yeah two point four. No, well, excuse me, three point five per game, which is he he shot more, and they both shot relatively the same percentage. I think if I think Myers, would, he's he's taller. Certainly, he's seven feet tall. So I would prefer to keep Myers. Still, would not like that salary, but it works in a trade, and try to trade Kelly O for. For another big man that can defend the pr- defend the perimeter, that can defend the paint. The Wayne Detman is is currently a free agent. I don't. I would rather wait for trade season and see how our roster looks. And see so, and see who become who becomes available, in the trade block. But I would I would. Yeah, I would say the two prime trade candidates, for the season would be, Kendrick Nunn and Kelly O. Now Kendrick Nunn, listen, he's still a good player. But I would only trade Kendrick for a for an impact perimeter guy. It's not Kendrick's not a just a throwaway guy. Kendrick's a, a very good player. He's he's gonna be a restricted free agent, and we're not gonna be able to keep him Duncan and Duncan if we sign a Max Guy. Unless well maybe we can, but I don't know how much Mickey is willing to spend particularly we're still recovering from the pandemic and listen for th- for those that that don't know uh, the the we're still going to be feeling those effects from the pandemic for years to come, basically because this the the economic the economic implications of of, uh, of this pandemic was are, are really dire. And maybe owners might be hesitant to spending. Mickey has never been one to be hesitant, but these are, these are unprecedented times. So, I guess we should expect unprecedented behavior. Maybe I don't know. Also, fun fact: Kelly O is is taller than is listed as being taller than I thought. He's six eleven. He's just what, an inch, two inches shorter than than Myers Leonard. He certainly plays smaller than that. He uh, that that that's gotta be wrong. Kelly's Kellyo's not it's not six eleven. I don't know. We're not gonna get into the debate about Kellyo Linux height in the podcast. Anyway, those are some issues that I think should be addressed for the Miami Heat. I really let's talk about the league at large. I said I, I didn't mention that at the, bit at the break. But yeah, let's talk about the League at Large. Or the Eastern Conference. Before before I, I do a proper season preview for the League at Large and the Miami Heat especially next week. I think the top five in the East is pretty... The East is, is very top-heavy. It's not as deep as the Western Conference. The Western Conference has a lot, a lot of good teams. But the East... The, I think the top five teams are pretty much dead set. In and, and, and no particular order. Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Boston, Miami, and Philly. I think those are the unquestionable top five. Later, you go down a tier. And then you have the Pacers. Maybe the Hornets. Their big splash that they made this offseason. You have the Wizards. The Hawks. Maybe the Cavs are guys over, over at Cap Cavs Central might central might my might help us out with that. You guys should definitely go check it out. By the way, check out every podcast over the Hoop Heads Podcast. We have great content coming out every week. Anyway, talk going back to the Eastern Conference. Comparing the Heat to those other four teams that I mentioned. I think Boston will take a step back. They they signed, their big signing this off season was Tristan Thompson. They lost Gordon Hayward for almost nothing. Oh well they'll apparently they'll create a trade exception for it, but trade exceptions are not part of the roster. Well let's see what Danny H does with that. And apparently the Pacers were offering Miles Turner and a first round pick for Gordon Hayward. Because last I like, I thought he was dead set on going to Indiana he's an Indiana kid after all but he ended up with Charlotte and hey hey Gordon get your get your dough man really this is a terrible contract but get your dough anyway so okay let's put let's give it a little bit of a tease here before next week's podcast we will do a, a full season preview Especially for the East, mostly for the Eastern Conference and the Miami Heat in general. Top five, I think it will look like this. The first seed will be the Milwaukee Bucks. For the third straight season, the Bucks will be the first seed. They're they're a really good, they're an excellent regular season team, but in the playoffs, there they come here. There comes the the questions. They Flamed out the last two postseasons, particularly last season. There was no pun intended with the flame out comment. The Brooklyn Nets second. I have them second. With all depends on how KD looks, how much they limit KD's minutes, and how how often, if ever, Kyrie gets injured. I I don't wish injury on anybody, but that's a reality with Kyrie Irving. He he gets injured very often. And Kevin Durant is coming off a major, major injury. But that net that scene, if both guys res- come out resembling even... I don't expect Kyrie to decline. But if KD comes out with 80-85% of what he was, I think that'll be enough for them to lock a top two seed in the East. Third, I have Miami. I think Miami's will still be excellent. We have we have probably the the best coach in the NBA and our expulstra. We have a lot of guys that fit the team. I, I mentioned some questions that I have but I still feel really good about this team I have in, in, as the third seed. And then the the fourth seed I have the Sixers and the fifth seed the Celtics. Now yeah, sure. Some might think some might think that I'm going, being too harsh on the Celtics. Maybe, maybe Jason Tatum will be will be more will, will show will showcase the level of play that he that he displayed from March to playoffs. Really, aside from the hiatus. But yeah, they this roster that roster has made your questions. Kemba's knee is still a very big issue for them. Their centers are not particularly aspiring. I don't know. I don't know about Tristan Thompson really. Maybe it was effort last season, or it was just that he the last five years took a toll on him with with going to the finals and all those Lebron years. Uh, they're, they're one of the teams that are, they absolutely have to make a trade. This season. And then the Sixers. I have, them, I have them in top five. They have a very disappointing season last year. And Daryl Morey went to work immediately after taking the reins over there. And he made some really good moves. They traded for Seth Curry. And then they traded for Danny Green. Two shooters. As we all have said. Shooters around Embiid and Simmons are the key to success. Their as was showcased in their first season playing together. Where they defeated, defeated the Miami Heat in the first round. And that's... Those are my top five seeds. That's a little bit of a tease for my season preview next week. Anyway. Thank you for listening to the 305 Culture Podcast. Subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at... Three O Five Culture Pod. Leave us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts and su- and subscribe to our feed. Wear your mask, keep your distance, and watch the NBA. It's coming back soon, guys. Finally, well, we didn't wait that long. With but this this month has been hectic in terms of transactions, and finally, finally, we have the NBA back. So I'm really excited as a basketball fan. I'm also terrified because of the ongoing pandemic. But I I really wish that that this season goes well for every team. And yeah, see you next week. Bye-bye.
1: If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit mypodcastmanager.com to get started. Thank you
0: for listening to the 305 Culture Podcast. Subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305CulturePod. Wear your mask, keep your distance, and
1: watch the NBA. See you next week.